from our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, welcome to our special Louisiana Eats podcast series, Tammany Taste Quick Bites. I'm Poppy Tooker. Just across the causeway in the sleepy little town of Covington lies a landmark establishment, the Southern Hotel. Originally built in 1905, the mission-style hotel has lived many lives over the years. Opened in 1907, the hotel boasted hot water, electric lights, and carpeting. In 1912, it was purchased by a physician and used for a while as a sanitarium resort for people with respiratory illnesses. Shuttered in 1960, it sat vacant for more than two decades until reopening in 1983, functioning as government offices for St. Tammany Parish. After Hurricane Katrina, it again sat vacant until it was purchased by local preservationist Lisa Condre Ward and her husband Joseph. In 2014, 107 years after its original opening, the Southern Hotel again became a landmark in downtown Covington. My name is Stephen Marcella. I'm the executive chef at the Southern Hotel and the Gloriette Restaurant in the Southern Hotel. Originally, the Southern's restaurant was called Oxlot 9, a reference to the grid-like system set up by the original developer of Covington, John Wharton Collins. On the grid, streets and alleys ended in an interior area of the city called Oxlots for their ability to hold cattle. The newly imagined restaurant is called the Gloriette. I asked Stephen what that word meant. So uh, the Gloriette is um, a structure uh, that's uh, that's in a garden. It could be it could be a pergola or some other structure that's placed in a garden. Ah. And the garden theme runs through uh, through the hotel here. We have beautiful gardens. Uh, we have an on-premise uh, landscaper that just does an incredible job with the uh, gardens in the front of the hotel. We have the garden house next to the hotel. So we took that that theme. Uh, directly into the restaurant. Stephen, it's so nice to have you over there in that very special historic spot. But you have been a chef for a long, long time, and the story all begins with you in Rhode Island, doesn't it? How yeah, how did it you find your life in food? Well, you know, I, I, I blame my, my cousin Eddie, who came to me one day and he says, hey, there's a restaurant in the neighborhood that's looking for dishwashers. So at the age of 13, uh, I went to work as a dishwasher. Uh, I had to stand on a milk crate because I was too short to wash dishes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, um, I, just, I just caught the bug. It was uh, it just, it was electric to me. You know, actually I worked, I worked in the back of the house and I was, I was a busboy at the same restaurant. And it was interesting to see both sides and especially in the kitchen. As the kitchen was putting out food, it was, you know, just pumping life into the into the restaurant. It just, I don't know. It just, it, it made me feel alive. You know, we refer to the the kitchen uh, as the heart of the house, and it and it's uh, uh, for good reason. Stephen began his restaurant career as a dishwasher and caught that bug early. So to further his career, he enrolled in culinary school at RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design. I went to uh, Rhode Island School of Design, which is an art school. RISD had a 
culinary program for about 14 years. It was very small, very kind of hands-on with a little artistic edge to it. But while I was at RISD, a major factor in, in, in my career and my, my growth was getting a job at a restaurant called the Blue Point Oyster Bar, uh, which I know you know. <laughs> you know, uh, Stephen, that's the funniest thing. Yes, the Blue Point Oyster Bar. You and I share a very, very dear friend in Maureen Potier. Because I studied, I studied with with her when we went to Madeline Kamen's professional school. So, so you yeah. so you got to work with Maureen, and man, she knows her yeah. stuff. Oh God, indeed, indeed, she does. I mean, I, I honestly didn't I really didn't know what I was getting into. It, you know, I was 19 years old. Paul Envy and Maureen Potier, you know, a husband and wife, owners of the Blue Point. I mean, they introduced me to caviar and Dover sole and Guidoc and fish from all over the world, really, balloon oysters. I mean, very young. I mean, even at the time, I, I, I wasn't much of a seafood eater. Here, here I was in this, in this environment of, of uh, just this wonderful uh, variety of, of, of seafood and creativity, and uh, not to mention Paul's uh, award-winning wine list, you know, repeatedly grand wine spectator awards year after year. And they've become not only friends, but, you know, they're, they're lifelong mentors. So, and that was, I was lucky. I was lucky to, uh, to be in that environment at a, at a young age. Actually, one of, you know, one of the things we had on the menu at the Blue Point, which was, was new to me, was seafood gumbo. Graduating culinary school, my parents had, had given me Paul Perdome's Louisiana cooking cookbook. So tasting seafood gumbo for the first time, and, and we also did barbecue shrimp. We, we flew a, a shrimp up from Louisiana. I mean, those flavors I, I, were entirely new to me. That, that was part of the, the attraction. I wanted to travel. That was part of me going to culinary school, knowing that I could go anywhere and get a job. And uh, I thought, well, maybe, uh, maybe New Orleans is, uh, should be a stop. So that's what really led me down here. Well, you made that plan, and then with great fortune, you found another Rhode Island native down here, didn't you? I did. I did. I worked with the, with a uh, gentleman in, in Providence. He was going to Johnson Wales at the time, and he was uh, going back to work at Commander's Palace for Emerald. And uh, so when it was, uh, I felt time. It was time to leave, or move on to uh, other things. And I called him, and he said, "Hey, you know." this guy is opening up his own restaurant. And I'm like, okay. So I sent a, a resume down to Emerald. I flew down and we were, we were very similar. We grew up not, not far from one another. So we, uh, we kind of hit it off and, um, and that's it. I, I, you know, went back home and told my parents I was moving to New Orleans and they're like, you're moving where? <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, so uh, moved down and um, opened Emeralds. It was a great experience for the time. It was the, the busiest restaurant I had ever worked in. And I met my wife there. To be part of that opening team, what excitement that must have been and, and what a historical place to be at such a special time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because Emerald would say to me, you know, oh, you, have, you, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. And sure enough. <laughs> well, what an amazing thing happened to you at Emerald. So you had that incredible experience with the big chef. And, and as yeah. you just mentioned, you found your wife, a hometown yeah, yeah. girl, huh? 
Indeed, yeah, hometown girl, born and raised in New Orleans, uh, named Dixie, of all things. Well, she it, she's a very special person, and you all were gone from here for a, a fairly significant time because that Emeralds thing, that was about 1990, right, Stephen? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and so then y'all went off and did your thing. What was it about Hurricane Katrina that made you all want to move back to the area? We were living in Miami at the time, watching the, the aftermath on, on television every day. You couldn't get away from it. It had um, a pretty profound effect on, on, on my wife, you know, being a native Norlinian. And we kept asking ourselves, how can we help? How can we help? So we decided to frequent the city and go to restaurants and go to our friends' restaurants and, and, and support in, in, in that fashion. We bought a small place right outside the quarter, uh, right across the street from Portocol, and it was convenient. So that's what we did. That's what we did. It, it brought us back. It, um, it reconnected us, uh, for sure. And then eventually you came home for good. Yeah, I got a call from uh, Haley Bitterman from the Ralph Brennan Restaurant Group. Uh, we were living in Miami at the time. I was doing a, a, a private chef work and a lot of catering. They were about to open a catering company. And that's, uh, I mean, the opportunity to work with certainly Ralph Brennan or any, any of the members of the Brennan family or organizations, um, that's a good opportunity. That's, so, it's wonderful uh, when that door opens. And, and those Brennans are great people to work for. So, oh, my God. Yeah. And so in your time down here, you have helmed uh, big restaurant groups that were developing new restaurants, opening things. You've been in the Mm -hmm. catering business with Ralph. You've done all sorts of things round and about. How do you end up at in the sleepy little town of Covington? A friend was working here. And there were some changes that were about to happen in the hotel. So he reached out and said, hey, there's this great hotel that I've been, I've been working in and doing some part-time work in. And they're looking to uh, open a restaurant there. And he says, I think you, you, you might be a good, a good fit. So they, they called. And what's funny is, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not very familiar with, with the area. So I'm driving in for my first interview. And uh, the hotel's on Boston Street. And it's located in between Vermont and New Hampshire, you know, so I, uh, even before I walked in the building, I'm like, this is this, I think this is a good sign. It's sort of, yeah, it's geographically almost like where Rhode Island is, you know, you almost expect yeah. it to go home. Yeah, yeah. Other than the Spanish moss hanging from, you know, the beautiful oak trees here, it's very New England-esque. There's something on the menu that I believe represents um, your roots, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. What is that? It's uh, pork and clams alentejana. Uh, alentejana. So, I never even heard of it before. It's it's a Portuguese dish. You know, there's a lot of Portuguese restaurants, a lot of you know, there's a Portuguese population in in, in southeastern New England. It happens to be it's my favorite dish. Every time you know, I go to a Portuguese restaurant, that I would always get pork and clams so i thought it might be um i thought it might be a good addition to the menu it's uh certainly uh different for with this neck of the woods it certainly has flavors that i'm sure a lot of people aren't um, used to or familiar with but it's a seasoned 
pork tenderloin uh, that we sear, and it, it's very, very tender. It's served on a, if you would, a stew of white beans with kale, uh, some tomatoes, sliced garlic, and Portuguese seasonings. What we do is we take that sauce and we actually we cook the little necks in 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 that sauce. So you get that flavor, that kind of you know briny, salty flavor from the little necks in the sauce as well. It's quite good so far. It's been pretty pretty well received. Well, you know, it's such a fascinating thing that you are doing over there at the Gloriette because. You can go from the uh, the clams and beans dish, which nobody here will ever have heard of, to what is truly an exquisite, classic representation of our seafood gumbo. Yes. So, yeah, our crab gumbo, uh, it is um, um, just that. Uh, you know, the key to that gumbo is, is definitely the roux. As a chef, and, and certainly in, in my in my stage of my in my career, you know, it's my responsibility to, you know, to help you know, young cooks grow and learn. And 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 um, you know, we work on uh, technique here. We work on basics and fundamentals. And you know, when we talk about a roux, that's the key, the key component. And uh, we have to take time with it. Uh, we can't rush it. So. The roux is definitely plays a, obviously uh, a, a major uh, role in that in in, in that gumbo, uh, and I you know I'm instead of rice being trying to be a little playful and, and adding potato salad to uh, to the gumbo, uh, that's how I like to eat gumbo, and um, <laughs> I know a lot of people do. So yeah. Well, it's a beautiful menu. Your food is always exquisite, and it's just such an interesting tie between. Your Portuguese roots, um, true, authentic Louisiana food, but at the very heart of the new Gloriette, you're really kind of a French bistro too, aren't you? Yeah, the menu mostly is French inspired. the The restaurant itself has is definitely a, a, a French uh, French feel to it, but I think it's important to. Um, I mean, we're in the Southern Hotel in Covington, Louisiana, to have that Louisiana cuisine, you know, repre- represented on the menu. And yet, you're coming for most locals way out of left field with some of your seafood offerings, in particular. You've startled some people recently with a dish called skate. What is skate? So one of my vendors had um, had skate wing available. Skate is something you see more, you know, I guess in the Northeast on, on menus. I said, well, let me bring it in. Let me, let me, let me try it. So skate is in the, it's in the Ray family. It's a stingray, uh, basically. It's like the stingray (laughs) wings, right? Basically, yes, that's what it is. The most common comment we've gotten from guests is that, uh, you know, we usually catch these things and we just throw them back. And some have said, well, we're not going to throw them back anymore. So they enjoyed it. It's de- it's definitely different. It, the texture is uh, it's just a soft, flaky texture and has very sweet, white, sweet, delicious. White, sweet, deli- it is. It's delicious fish. Yeah, are, are, yeah. Do you so, prepare it in that traditional sort of bernoir? Uh, yeah, with a, a little twist. So my thinking was, let me take a dish or an ingredient protein that maybe someone's not used to seeing, and and uh, so I did a, a crawfish bernoisette butter sauce. Uh, 
on it. And I thought, well, you know, people are certainly familiar with crawfish. So uh, I try to make it more approachable by putting some crawfish on it. Well, <laughs> Stephen, I can't wait to come dine with you over at the Gloriette. Well, we look forward to having you here. Thank you, Stephen. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'll Great talking to you, Pop. You too. I'll see you soon. That was Stephen Marcella, executive chef of Gloriette, a glorious new restaurant located in the Southern Hotel, just across the causeway in downtown Covington. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us on your preferred listening platform. Big thanks to our sponsor, the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission. Stay, play, and get away on the Louisiana North Shore. Discover the bounty of the bayou and rich culture from award-winning chefs, soulful mom-and-pop restaurants, extraordinary bakers, and creative mixologists. Request the free Explore the North Shore Visitor Guide today for inspirational stories, custom itineraries, and event information at louisiananorthshore.com slash guide. This podcast was produced by Reggie Morris for Poppy Tooker Johnson.